Welcome to From the Resort Podcast, episode number 36. I'm your host, Tim Wilshire. Uh, we are interviewing uh, another mayor candidate today. Um, her name is Nita Shetty. Uh, she's a, a restaurant owner. Uh, she's obviously been involved in the council before, but obviously running for the uh, Queenstown Lakes District Council elections as well as a councillor seat. Welcome along to uh, the podcast, Nita. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here. Thank you very much. Okay, I guess where we like to start these podcasts, Nita, is I guess uh, early life. So where were you born and where did you grow up early in your in your uh, life and career? Okay, so I grew up in Mumbai. Um, I come from the southern part of India, but born and brought up in Mumbai. Um, I migrated to New Zealand in 1999. So just about 23 years ago, yeah. 23 years ago. Yep. And... I've lived in Queenstown since, well, 2001, I would say on and off, but I permanently settled in Queenstown from Auckland in 2006, so this is my home. Perfect. No, excellent. So so what was like sort of life growing up? Uh, can you remember anything in Mumbai? Um, what, what, what was it like sort of living there? Um, so I've always had an early interest in politics, and that probably is because I grew up in Mumbai. Um, my dad was very involved with the local community. He was a pioneer in the restaurant and the hotel industry, and we still have our hotels and restaurants back at home. Okay. Um, and that, when I say mine, I mean it was a family business, and I'm very proud from where I come because there was a real, you know, as big as Mumbai is, it actually is a very small place, and people tend to know each other mm-hmm. in certain social spheres, I guess. And my whole thing about wanting to, you know, for me, ambition and doing community work are not mutually exclusive. If anything, what I learned from my dad was that this goes hand in hand. And I thought about this yesterday when it, for Father's Day, actually. Yeah. My dad was ambitious. He wanted to do, he wanted to do it all. He lived larger than life. Mm. Um, he came from very humble background, but he developed a good business back home but if you ask the people around him about him he was a community oriented person he was generous he helped with he he helped the staff um, we actually provided housing for our staff even though he could have converted that into another commercial profitable business that's not what he did uh, and I think his philosophy was that if you look after your own people you actually get much more success in your business Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I come from. Yeah, so that's it, yeah quite interesting. But um, so when, when you sort of schooling and that sort of thing, how did you f- sort of find uh, you know growing up? What, what, what was school life like? Um, and what did you sort of get up to? What sort of hobbies as a child as well? Yeah. And um, that sort of thing. Okay, so I went to a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an all girls school. Loved it. Um, I still when I go back to go and visit my school. I don't know any of the teachers there. They've all moved on. Um, I went and I started with a Bachelor of Commerce in Mumbai. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my interest. Um, So I, when I moved to New Zealand, I actually did my Bachelor of Arts from the University of Auckland. And that was more of my calling with a major in philosophy and sociology. Uh, Growing up in Mumbai was extremely different than what it is here. but I've got a very close-knit family. Um, a lot of them have moved away, but I do have 
quite a lot of my family still back in Mumbai, and I always look forward to going back there. Excellent. So um, that's a bit about uh, your studies in university. Can you remember what your uh, first job was that you had growing up? Um, in Mumbai, it was working with my dad. Um, but in New Zealand, it was actually working with the Blind Association okay. in Newmarket. Okay, so what, and what sort of, uh, I guess let's talk about your dad's job first. What, what did he sort of get you to do, uh, I guess, in, in your first role? Um, it was more paperwork than anything. So yeah. we didn't, I didn't actually physically work in, in the restaurant or the hotels there. Um, but there was a lot of paperwork that my dad was absolutely astute about. He, he loved organizing things. Um, so with, with us studying commerce, I think he, there was this onus on us about every day, see that you've got your paperwork right. And yeah, that's, that's basically what I did. Yeah. And I guess the first, the first job that you had when you got to New Zealand, you, you mentioned you're working for the, was it the blind? Something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so I tell us about that. Um, so I worked as a PA to, um, the, the lady who was running the blind, uh, association. So she was, um, the CEO did a lot of road trips. So my job was to collate all of her receipts and enter that into what was then MBIOB. Yeah. Um, so it was a part-time job while I was studying. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a little office in Newmarket, but absolutely inspirational about how, and I don't know whether I want to take the name of the CEO. But, no, you don't have to. Uh, but I, I just remember how diligent but how passionate she was about her job, mm. and it was a thankless job, and she did it really well. Mm. Excellent. So when you sort of graduated uni, can you remember what, so what was the first sort of role or job that you, you sort of got onto then after that? I think I started working for Auckland Regional Council probably soon after I graduated. So I graduated in 2002, mm-hmm. and I pretty much started working in Mar- in the in March of 2003 uh, so didn't work over yep. Christmas but yeah pretty much got a job uh, in governance for Auckland Regional Council okay so that and how did you find that job was that uh, long hours was it interesting what did you learn it was definitely very interesting I'd never done anything with the government before that mm. so it definitely was a learning curve in terms of uh, accountability, transparency, um, updating information on time. And because I did a lot of committee work, um, just being able to do your research and know what you're going for. And it used to be back-to-back committee meetings, so you needed to be um, pretty sharp in what you were doing. Yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, so, and how long did you sort of, uh, were in that, that particular role for, and uh, what was next after that? Okay, so I, I think it was about eight months before I applied for Auckland City Council Mm. um, and that was in compliance that had to do with district plan breaches, bylaw breaches, um, general uh, abatement notices that needed to be um, issued, updated, limb reports and those kind of things, yeah. Okay, good old, good old council sort yes, of stuff. Yes, uh, council them. So a lot of yeah. lot of ex- early experience in your career, you know, I, I guess amongst a, a big, a large sort of style council yeah. in Auckland. So that certainly gives you a lot of experience for the rest of your career. So um, when did you first sort of get into uh, restaurants and stuff like that, restaurant ownership? We've always had restaurants. So I think yeah. we had a restaurant here in 2001 in Queenstown. Okay. Uh, was being managed by someone else. Mm-hmm. 
and then the plan was to renovate the place and again the plan was to actually get someone to run it mm-hmm. we came here around 2006 to renovate the place and i absolutely fell in love with this place and then my son had just started kindy then mm-hmm. and i think it didn't take me much time to be involved with the community help out with kindy activities mm. it just felt so comfortable and like i've always been living here mm. i just got very involved with the community and i didn't want to leave mm-hmm. no, it makes makes perfect sense um i mean um, what i guess some of the challenges that you, that you sort of found in in your career what are the i guess some of the stories or lessons that you you may have had uh, i guess in your career do you know, it might seem a little um, pompous, but I don't feel like I've encountered a lot of problems here, or maybe okay. I've just blacked out on those, uh, because the happier times have been so much more memorable, uh, oh, what my kids really have achieved, what I have achieved here. I really feel like I've grown as a person. Mm. I've, always, I've always been an extrovert. Um, you know, I can talk and I'm, I'm social. But coming here made me realize there's so much more to me that I could be involved with. I've found personal growth, which I absolutely do not take for granted here. There's not a single day when I don't put my hand up if there's help needed at the school committee or the gymnastics, the swimming. So, And it really doesn't feel like it takes up a lot of your time. All you need to do is prioritize. And Mm -hmm. this is what I've learned. When you love something, when you love a place, you will find time to do the things that really matter to you. Mm. Obviously, talk about, you know, happy times, and especially this particular, you know, the area, beautiful, obviously, mountain scenery, all the different activities here. What are are your favorite types of things to do here in Queenstown area? First of all, let me tell you, it's about the people. Yep. It's a very inclusive community. Yes, so when you is. come here, um, you just have to put yourself out there. You will never not be involved with something if that's your intention. So if you start small, you start big, you will always have people going, yes, we need your help, please join in. So I find that to be very rewarding, that it's so mm-hmm. inclusive, that you feel like you matter when you do this work you make great friends on the way most mm-hmm. of my friends come from the work that i do i love boot camp <laughs> that's my favorite thing in in that i do and the ladies that i've been doing boot camp with are absolutely special we have a really good laugh i do like going for walks and hikes and mm-hmm. um running is my thing which i won't say yeah. i love but i'll do it and yeah just being outdoors which Probably the Nita from 20 years ago would have said, mm. I'm not an outdoorsy mm. person. That's that's changed completely. So but you, you've done a bit of, do you do a bit of trail running or marathon running or anything like I that? I have done the marathon. Okay. Um, so, so I started the, is with... the full 42 Ks uh, or the I want to say or? yes, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> so I did the half uh, marathon it's, last year with a friend of mine. Yeah. yeah, the 21. Yeah. I've consistently done the 10K with a friend and yes. I used to find that so easy. It was fun and we used to have an nice talk i have to tell you the 21k was a game changer i don't know if i would want to do that again yeah no i've never done the 21 myself but i think i'll, I'll never probably ever do it i'm gonna get too old but um you have done 10ks and that's probably enough for me yeah i love that and i, I and i <laughs> keep I telling I myself it, it's probably enough <laughs> i keep telling myself you know what next year i'm not going to do it and i end up doing it every year so i haven't put my name in this year that's because my running buddy is yeah, away yeah. but chances are i will end up doing it <laughs> fair enough um so, 
obviously we've spoken a bit about the community um, and that sort of thing. So running for mayor, um, tell us about, I guess, uh, being the time being now to, to sort of run for mayor uh, in Queenstown uh, and, also, and also you obviously have a you put yourself down on the ballot also for a councillor yeah. uh, position for the Arrowtown area, how do you say it, Kawaru area. Uh, yeah. um, tell us about the decision to to both go on both particular ballots. Okay, so this was not anything that I strategically thought of. What I wanted to do was involve myself in the leadership forum because I feel like a community voice at any time is necessary, but at this time is particularly necessary, especially if you've got someone who comes from a business background. So I, I've got businesses that are uh, that revolve around tourism, but I still don't feel like we've been able to manage how we uh, look after our tourists, how we manage our tourism, how we are managing our growth. As a business owner, it's not all about being busy and making money. It's about being able to have the job satisfaction at the end of the day. Mm, for um, sure. You know, it's it's great to be busy, but it can't be overwhelming. We're not here purely to make money. We also want that time off to spend with our kids. We want to be able to have some downtime. And lately, I've realized there is no real plan about how where our tourism is going how we are managing our growth. And like I said, I've got businesses that revolve around tourism and I still feel like the growing tourism for me is a concern, but at the same time, managing it and giving that, you know, that quintessential um, Queenstown Lakes experience is extremely important. We are ruining our brand if we don't look after our tourists and our community. Yeah, so there's obviously the the risk of, uh, you know, obviously tourism, you know, backfiring it, you know, if if they don't have a great experience. Um, obviously, some of the issue, the main the main issue we keep seeing in the, the papers over the last three months is the staff crisis. Yeah. Um, uh, for for all the hospo jobs in Queenstown, do you see this sort of getting fixed anytime soon? What what advice do you have in this? Being someone who you know is a restaurant, has been a restaurant owner, um, what do you think? So I've spoken to quite a lot of restaurant owners who are not just business associates but are close friends. Yes. And I've heard different arguments and you can you can purely understand where some of them are coming from. So I've got one person who actually over the cross country last last week said to me we shouldn't really be so negative and whinge about not having staff. It's it's happening everywhere. Um and um, over summer we'll have more people coming in and I said that's easy for you to say only because you probably have so many restaurants and you've got so many um, hospitality businesses what about the person who's only got one business and this and they are living it working it and staying there literally so you know it's there's no one one solution fits all what we need to do is have this talk so for someone who's got quite a few restaurants and had to close three restaurants may not seem like a very big deal but for someone who's got only one restaurant and had to close it based on staff shortage is very discouraging. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to minimize anyone's opinion on it, but as a business owner, I can yeah. tell you this, that it's not just about keeping your store open. You also know that you don't want your staff to have burnouts. Mm. You don't want to be that employer who um, does not give their staff the experience of working. So, you know, you've got to reduce hours, but I think things are changing. I think there's a little bit of pressure a lot of pressure actually on the government to just look at Queenstown 
in a different light because we've always had issues with staff. We just need to be able to now upscale and educate uh, so that we can retain our staff. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I, I guess there there is a bit of, I'm not saying every business is like it, but there are, there is a bit of a whinge mentality that people can't get staff um, and it's and they've always you know been able to pick and choose st- staff members in the past and yeah. I mean obviously they've got to look at they've got to look at a wider net in order to, to work out how to to navigate that I guess and and um, yeah it's, it's not an easy job at the moment and it's is it a good problem to have or not it's obviously a problem that uh, as you said has that lasting effect where if you're not getting the service or it's closed for two days because there's no staff, and then it just gonna, it does give feedback, I guess, uh, down the line. Uh, you know, the tourists that may come here, I uh, went to Queenstown and I couldn't, nothing was open, or yeah, and you see um, that a lot on Facebook where people have service gone. Wasn't great. Yeah, you know, where so. staff have gone, or where people have gone, hmm. or oh, why don't you update your hours? And I can tell you, as a business owner, there isn't even time to update hours yeah. on on Google as much as you want to intend doing that. Yes. There are the priorities that come before that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, no, no doubt about that. Uh, other issues, I guess, that uh, you'd like to address uh, if, if you were to become mayor, there's obviously things like the transport um, situation here in Queenstown, with, with, whether it's the, the buses, whether it's the roads. Um, tell us what you think about those things and ha- how you see things changing over the next uh, um five to ten years well so so recently i think it was wellington council that has changed their and it's out for um, notification with their regional policy statement where they would like to incorporate um, rules based on the requirements of their region and hopefully that sets a precedent for most councils that they can stipulate their district plan to suit the needs of their region I don't particularly have an issue with development. I have an issue with infrastructure not being able to cope with that development. And I feel like, yes, you know, it looks really good. We are now moving towards subdivisions that will probably be self-sustained. There'll be a school in there and they'll have accessibility. But we're already having an uh, issue with our infrastructure. You know, we leave about 40 minutes early to do school pickups. Um, I don't know about others, but I carry work in the car because I don't know if I could be early. Sometimes I'm 15 minutes early to school and sometimes I'm five minutes late to pick up my daughter. Yeah. Uh, I've always got work in my car. You mm. can see I've carried my laptop even today. Um, and that's not how it should be. We need to talk openly about investing in public transport um, there is that argument, and I I I, comp- I agree with that argument where not everyone can be not as reliant on their cars unless you have a public transport that caters to that kind of need. People are not going to leave their cars and and go on the public transport. Um, having said that, um, even the electric cars they're not affordable. So to expect people to be doing that and saying, oh you know electric cars that's still cars on the road. That yep. doesn't take away the fact that that's still a car on the road. Mm. So we need to be having that multi-level approach of having our public transport and less reliance on cars through mechanisms. And yeah, I, I strongly believe that that's something that this council will have to look at actively and not just in theory going forward. Mm. Now, lo- looking at this area as a sort of a premium destination to live as well as... Um as well as basically, you know, tourists coming here on holidays and enjoying, you know, 
a nice holiday. Uh, one of the issues is affordable housing when it comes to um, this area. Um, do you sort of see, how, how much of a problem do you see affordable housing in this area and what, how would you sort of go about um, looking at uh, the way forward? So I actually had a meeting with uh, the Community Housing Trust and uh, when I used to work for development contributions at Council, uh, that's uh, QLDC, a lot of land that big developments are supposed to be giving councillors contribution does not actually happen. Um, there's no one actively monitoring those things. Now that land could actually be used by the Community Housing Trust to build um, affordable homes. From what I understand, Council intends to have someone monitoring it, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, we need those kind of land spaces where the Housing Trust, whose intention is to provide those affordable housing, does have the means to do it. Uh, you can't always depend on developers to do the affordable homes. I no. know for a fact that uh, some staff that have come here have said that because of housing, we don't want to move here. So we lose a big um, chunk of staffing on that basis. So yeah, it yeah. all seems to be this vicious circle that you've got. You know, you, you don't have staff, but then you don't have housing. And if you've got housing, some of them don't have cars, and so the public transport doesn't work for them. Yeah. So this needs to be a more collaborative uh, approach to um, solving our issues. I'm not saying it's going to be happening overnight, but just being able to talk and getting people that are more altruistic in their approach, like the Community Housing uh, Trust, to get them involved rather than looking at developers to be able to provide affordable homes, because clearly that that is not something they'll do because they work on profits. So maybe just look at more agencies like the Housing Trust to be able to build those affordable homes for us. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, what else have I got there to talk about? So I guess uh, I guess other what are I think other things that you're passionate about when it comes to the community and uh, what you're wanting to sort of see, I guess, take place in the future. What I would like to see is more education for our young people. I would like to see more grants, scholarships, awards for our young people that decide to stay here or don't go to uni or go to uni and want to come back home, that we've got provisions for them. I would love to see for our, new, for our future generation to be excited about the prospects that they've got in terms of academics, sports, culture, socio-cultural um, uh, um, awards that make them want to come here, not just for our own residents, but also people that would are looking at moving, the young people that are mo looking at moving in the Queenstown Lakes District. I don't think we do enough for our future generation. And I know that because I've got two kids. Um, and unless you actively look at what they want to do and what's available and I uh, and I should give credit to the high school year that they make it such a focus for these kids to apply for scholarships mm -hmm. um, and we need more programs like that coming from the council that incentivize living here working here and making a life for our young people what do you think of the, of the schooling system generally in the area is it, do you think there's the schooling system works I'm going to be a little biased because I love our schools here. Yep, I love Queenstown Primary and I love Wakatipu like High School. Um, I feel like they they do the best they can. And, and because my kids play a lot of sports, I know that they've 
been involved with the other schools. Um, could things be better? Always. Um, but if, I mean, our schools are probably one of the most progressive places that we can be happy about for the moment because they tend to put our children first, and I'm, I'm, yep. I'm eternally grateful for that. No, as, as far as uh, sports, what sports are the, your kids playing? Ooh, so I don't want to miss out on anything, but cricket, rugby, basketball, skiing, Jeez. triathlons, um, cross country, very which involved. just happened, uh, swimming. I shouldn't forget very, that. My daughter loves involved. swimming, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just two kids, right? And netball, yeah. That's, that's a lot, <laughs> yes. a lot of sports. So that, yeah. that'll keep anyone busy. Um, that's, that's, that is for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, what, what else can I ask you? I guess... Uh, your career, you know, being being uh, involved in, you know, different uh, you know, working for the council, your experiences there, being a business owner in a restaurant, uh, how have you sort of th- seen things change over the last fifteen years in Queenstown? What are so to you to you what are the, to you what are some of the things that stick out? I think it it hasn't the change happens as your kids grow up. Yep. Uh, I come here purely as a community voice I come here as a community member so while I've got my experience working as uh, at council and I've got my businesses the only reason I'm standing Tim is because Mm. I really believe that our community needs to have a plan Um, it's an amazing community to live in what has changed is that we've got a whole lot of new residents that have come here Um, And we would like them to be more involved. Um, This is how I started here when I first came in. Mm. And so for us, for for them to be involved in our community, in our elections, in our issues, we need to then vocalize what it is we want for our community. Mm. So for people that have lived here for a long time, have had the kids go to school, we know exactly what we want. We, We want more funding for our school activities. We want more funding for our sports. What is the new generation of residents that have come here want? Mm. And if it is, you know, of course, it is the same old issues of the transport and the housing, Mm. but um, get them more involved in, you know, what kind of business adventures they want to do. Mm. Is there investments that can happen with this new set of residents that come in? Mm. Um, So change as in, I think, uh, Queenstown Lakes will always have a very positive change. Uh, and that is because of the people living in the community. We tend to want to provide a fantastic experience for our kids. And so we go out of our way as volunteer parents to make that happen. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would like like for that to continue and for that to be able to not be an uphill battle in terms of funding. Um, I know how many times I've been to the council asking, not just for monetary funding, but just resources. Mm. I knew there was a time when gymnastics didn't have a place that they could go to. And it wasn't just the issue of the money. It was actually an issue of space. Mm. And so if if council or organizations like that can help with parents not having to have that uphill struggle of finding funding or resources, I think it makes it a lot easier. Mm. And one of the things that some other candidates may have brought up that they think is a, a fairly uh, big future of this area is um, tech hubs and technology and IT services and, and those types of businesses and, and that sort of thing. Tell us what you think about the technology um, uh, potential, I guess, for something like Queenstown and what have you, have you had any sort of involvement? Um, I, I think it's important to diversify. Yep. Um, I think it's really important that we attract people that 
not just are looking at tourism, but are looking at investing in uh, alternative ways of diversifying our economy, whether it is tech or whether it is through um, charitable organizations or organizations that would uplift our people. It does not matter. What we need to do is attract those people. And how do we attract those people is by providing an infrastructure that is functional, that where the community is happy. People will tend to invest in a place that seems positive, that seems vibrant, that is diversif uh, diversified. Um, so uh, the, the diversification will be organic when you can provide and showcase that we are the benchmark for tourism, for a community feel, for our infrastructure. That's when you'll get investors from all walks of life, not just limiting it to tech. And I don't know why we need to only limit it to tech mm. when there's a whole lot of other things you can do in terms of education, upskilling, uh, providing job opportunities. Um, I mean, I, I think this is the time after COVID where ideas have sprouted and I'm not saying that um, I've got one of those creative ideas, but I would love, and I love to listen to how people have innovated themselves after COVID, how they've moved on from what is what was traditionally what they were doing. Yeah, well, I guess I'm sure you would have uh, probably learned a lot from, you know, your parents and that sort of thing growing up and though probably someone you certainly looked up to. Um, I guess do you, what, do you have any sort of, uh, I guess, heroes that you look up to or other mentors outside of your family um, that sort of, that you've sort of got something from in your life? Um, I think you look up every day. So I, this weekend that just passed, I was uh, helping out with the school fundraising committee. Yep. And to me, every one of those ladies on the on that committee mm -hmm. were my heroes for that weekend. Like I went back feeling joyous mm -hmm. um, not only had they started early in the morning there was the, the ladies were working well past 11 o'clock to do the cleanup mm -hmm. um, I think I meet heroes every day um, my staff uh, you know they work hard and they they do it with a smile it's not easy being in hospital hospitality um, all the parents that volunteer for our sports activities, sometimes they have no skin in the game. I've seen committee mm. members on the swimming committee whose kids actually don't swim anymore, mm. but they're so vested in providing that experience for our kids. Um, it's very easy to see inspiration in people because mm. uh, because every day can be a challenge for, for some people and the way that they walk through that life. So you don't have to always say that, and I actually do love Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, but you will mm, see okay. a lot of inspiration in your everyday life with people and Queenstown has got an abundance of it. No, that's, that's a good answer. I like the answer. Uh, I like the fact that, I mean, some people, you know, when they, when they sort of, when I ask them this type of question, they sort of do go for the, the greater good when it comes to, to people that they look at as heroes, and which yeah. is great, which is, which is a good answer. I like that. Um, and obviously you've mentioned, you know, you mentioned uh, some people there too. So, um, that's that's really really good. Uh, I guess going forward, um, uh, what does if you were to sort of vi visualize um, retirement? If if I'm is there retirement? Can you sort of visualize that and how that's going to look for you? Um, yes, I think I started looking at retirement at the age of twenty. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, like I said, in Queenstown, 
my my outlook in life has changed. Yep. For me, retirement means that I will be more involved with the community. I I I really find it cathartic to be a volunteer mm. with a lot of things. Yep. So I think for me, retirement is not going to be me sitting at the beach. No. That might be a week, but that's yeah, not going holiday, to be. Yeah defining mm. my retirement years yeah. I think I'll be more involved with the community and having put my name in for the mayoral uh, forum has actually exposed me to so many organizations that I would like to regardless of whether I have a title or not um, to be able to actually explore my options going there mm. so yes I worked a lot with the schools and and our children but I think I'm also now ready to take an, a next step Mm. where I want to be a volunteer in some of these organizations as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's great. Now, as far as where you've sort of been, we've obviously spoken about you came from, from, uh, from Mumbai, spent most of your time here in your adult life in um, New Zealand and particularly Queenstown and Arrowtown area. Um, where in the world uh, have you sort of traveled that you've enjoyed uh, visiting, or say on a holiday or something like that? Uh, is there any, any places on your bucket list, I guess, that you want to travel to as well? Um, I do want to go to Greece and Morocco. Um, I know a lot of friends have gone there and it looks absolutely picturesque. I did take up a job in Melbourne at the city of Port Phillips. This was many years ago and I got extremely homesick. I couldn't wait to come back to Queenstown. So um, in terms of working, I think I'll always be working in Queenstown Lakes. But for a holiday, I think I still have a lot of places that I want to visit. So, but definitely Greece and Morocco are on the top of the that's, that's list. That's very here. interesting. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Okay. Um, anything final? I guess you want to sort of uh, say to the listeners of the podcast, uh, to people that, that uh, you know, considering voting for you in the election uh, upcoming. Um, anything? I guess that you'd like to sort of say. So I would like to say that I'm not a politician, and I'm thankful that I don't sound like one um, because that's not the end game. Political aspirations was not in my radar um, and I've said that a couple of times where you know the only reason I'm here is because I would like to be uh, involved with how we shape our region going forward. We've got a lot to do especially after COVID and all the issues that we've had that we st start talking about making a more positive, more involved change for our region. Um, you know, so while experience as a politician is great, I think sometimes that can be dogmatic. So all I would say is do your research, ask questions of the candidates, whomever you vote for, um, see that you're not maintaining the status quo, that you're looking outside of what has always been predominantly how our political sphere should look like. So do your research, ask questions, and and that's and be an informed voter. But do vote, please. Yeah, definitely, everyone vote if you can. Uh, the elections, you know, they finish voting on the eighth of October. Uh, from the twenty second of September, you'll be able to uh, vote, I believe. Uh, you know, either that's via mail or what have you. So. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, Nita. I've been able to learn uh, a nice bit about you today, so that's been great. It's I been wish you all the best in the rest of your campaign. Thank you. Uh, which is the next few weeks or more. Yeah. Um, so wish you all the best in that. I do hope you, um, you know, are able to make a, a continue to make a difference um, to the community, whether that's as a mayor, whether that's as a councillor, 
or um, what you can't, you know, what you're doing in your current roles yeah. as, as business owner, uh, advocates, advocacy, sorry, uh, community uh, groups that you might be involved in as well. So, really, really appreciate you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. No worries. Thank you.